What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Um, and we promise we're not going to laugh at you. That is a promise that we will make to the homies. We're not going to laugh at you, but you can laugh at us. <laughs> I mean, we, is that how about that? Is that not our usual MO, though? That is our, yeah, that is, that is. But I'm just saying no bully vibes. Mm -mm. Um, we are, call us Carrie, you know, like you can laugh. You're laughing at us. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. we, but it's not by, like, we, we're never, gonna, we're not going to flip the script on you. Yeah, right? we ain't going to light you on fire on purpose. Well, but if we're Carrie, yeah, like, <laughs> but wait. <laughs> Because I just said, call us Carrie. <laughs> so, but just know anything we do is not like it wasn't intentional. Nah, um, nah, nah. You it, pushed us too far. <laughs> it, precisely, precisely. Don't don't mess with the dress and you won't have <laughs> yeah. to deal with the stress. You feel me? <laughs> Can I hear a little commotion for the dress? I will say <laughs> that dress is really, really nice. It is a nice dress. It, is, it was a very nice dress. And it was very sad to see what they did to it. Yeah. Those heathens. Carrie could have been a fashion designer mm -hmm. if she had continued on and like gone to college Figured out something she was interested in. I could see her being a fashion designer. Yeah. Big future. Big future ahead of Carrie. Um, big, big, big future. This could have been the origin story for Carrie Bradshaw. Now, <laughs> we know she's not a fashion designer, but she's into fashion. True, so true. I'm just throwing that out there. But needless to say, um, we're talking, we're talking about, Carrie. about Carrie today. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're obsessed with her today. <laughs> mm -hmm, very true. Um, not only us though. Um, the rest of the homies seem to also be mm -hmm. obsessed with Carrie because this movie was actually a homies pick and not a homies pick. That was yes. confusing. Discord decides. That's what this yeah. week was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is was a Discord decides. Um, the theme for this month's Discord decides was women with power. Um, so Carrie was in there. We had Carrie up against Suspiria and Midsommar. All bangers, all ones that I think, speaking for myself at least, I genuinely would have been happy talking about any of them. Mm -hmm. But this this week's vote was like very much a nail biter. It was really close, but Carrie came out of the gate near the end, mm -hmm. pulled ahead. And uh, also, I'm sure that it's in the title, but this is the original uh, Carrie film adaptation that we'll be talking about and not the numerous <laughs> remakes or sequels um, that have been made since then. Yeah. And to be fair, when we were setting up the Discord Decides, I don't know if we prefaced that. Um, so if you're like the one person who voted for Carrie but was really wanting to hear about the 20. 13 carry or maybe the 2002 carry 
uh sorry nah we're not doing that one today <laughs> sorry yeah i kind of carrie was one of those ones where i i did make it clear which suspiria it was but mm-hmm. i just i guess i assume that everyone thinks of the original carrie mm-hmm. um when it gets thrown out so yeah it did not prep like make that super clear but i hope everybody realized it was the original one i we may bring up uh like little things about the later adaptations the thing about the 2013 one though is it's i mean it's the same story like yeah. <laughs> it's the same story um so yeah we're just talking about the 1976 i will throw this out there quick little plug for them because you know we love them um if you are interested in hearing about the many other renditions of carrie like the either made for tv version or carry the rage carry to the rage <laughs> or the 2013 one i think they talked about as well um fear the talking queers has an episode on like all of the carries mm-hmm. so if you are wanting to hear someone break down all of them versions then go check them out Mm-hmm. Check it out. Go check it out. <laughs> um, but I think we are ready to get into Carrie, which is kind of tallying up our Stephen King adaptations. Mm-hmm. We are definitely going much deeper into the den of Stephen King, um, which I'm actually very glad for because, admittedly, haven't seen a lot of Stephen King. I think we've gone over this when yeah. um, the topic has come up before. Uh, I, I've perused his catalog over the years, but I haven't gotten to see too many Stephen King adaptions or read very many of the books. So getting to do more of his stuff is very helpful for me to get more acquainted with the gentleman, but also to learn more about some of these adaptions that have lived on in horror history for a very, very long time now, for sure. Mm-hmm. Basically yes. all staples of the genre. <laughs> yes. Um, since we are talking about Carrie, since we are coming to the close of Women's History Month, and since the Discord decides this month was Women in Power, I feel like it's only right to ask, Erica, would you would you like to do the, the breakdown and synopsis oh my this week? This is a surprise. Luckily for you, I wrote a synopsis. Um, <laughs> just in I case. Just felt it in my bones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Imagine if this was just all off the cuff. I would I'd be so impressed, honestly. Be shook. <laughs> all right, but yes. Um, needless to say, spoilers ahead, homies. But we are going to be diving into Carrie 1976. This movie was directed by Brian De Palma. The screenplay was written by Lawrence D. Cohen, but as we said, it is adapted by the novel written by Stephen King. And this movie stars Sissy Spacek as Carrie White, Piper Laurie as Margaret White, Amy Irving as Sue Snell, and Betty Buckley as Miss Collins. Carrie White is a 16-year-old shy and sheltered girl who is consistently tormented and ostracized at her school. One day, while showering in the locker room, she is horrified to discover that she has started her period, and rather than help her, she gets humiliated by her classmates. When she arrives home, 
her religiously fanatic mother continues to shame her for it. While, at the same time, Carrie discovers that she is coming into some other special powers of her own. Though Carrie begins to find some friends in unexpected places, she still has old enemies plotting to take her down. Insert 70s sexy car scenes, tuxedo montages, and powerful water hoses here. Our film concludes with a mother and daughter coming together and falling apart. Also, I've been thinking, and what if we kissed underneath the pig's blood waterfall? Roll credits. <laughs> All right. Well done. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. I got to say, it is very refreshing not having to be the one to struggle through names this time. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like this. These names are pretty easy. Like, I feel like I skipped out. I've skipped out on the maybe um, a little bit more um, like you could interpret the pronunciations different ways. Mm -hmm. Like all of these I've heard before and are common names. That's that's fair. So so what you're saying is next time we do a a foreign film, um, you got the breakdown once again. This was special. This one was different. So <laughs> I think we'll stick to the the usual business. Uh, okay, all right. Otherwise. Fair enough. Uh, but before we talk about the movie itself, um, Erica, let me know. We got any history with Carrie? You know, I do. Carrie is a movie that I have used to catch on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. No surprise there, I'm sure. Um as I as I do, as apparently all of my childhood was, was just sitting in front of the TV catching movies. Honestly, um, <laughs> But yeah, I used to, I feel like I used to watch Carrie a lot. Um, whenever it would be on TV, I would check it out. I do, this is another one of those movies where I remember, obviously the most people remember the climactic scene the prom Mm -hmm. from the prom on i think is what most people remember of this movie which is also the case for me a lot of times i miss the beginning of this movie but also it wasn't until watching this that i realized i've only ever seen this movie on tv uh the nudity i didn't know i had no idea true not a clue true there are naked bodies in this there are, and we'll 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 discuss it. But it did take me aback because I don't recall. I did just simply did not recall. Yeah, and and obviously not because they didn't show yeah, it. Yeah, they wouldn't I show that on TV. Was yeah, it on like Dude, I <laughs> sci-fi. Had no, I had no clue. That honestly, that blindsided me too. Yeah. Um. Also, the R rating blindsided me as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I I'm similar to you where I don't think I've sat and watched Carrie all the way through ever. But I've caught bits and pieces, and then I've also seen the prom scene several times, either on TV or on YouTube, or like just watching through stuff. Like it's hard to escape that scene; like you see it everywhere. Um, but still, for the most part, not super familiar with the movie as a whole. Um, oh. The one thing I remembered, though, is I remembered it not being like too gory or like too much. Like the the prom scene is a lot but not enough to earn an R rating for me. So when I saw the R rating at the top of the screen, I was kind of confused. I was like, what about what about Carrie gets R rated? 
And then I saw Bush and I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. And then the movie began. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it began and then you got like 30 seconds in because technically it begins with like a volleyball scene. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> um, but yeah. Needless to say, okay, we're both kind of coming at this movie from similar-ish places. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you read the novel or like seen any of the other stuff? Um, so I've seen like the other adaptations of it. Saw mm-hmm. the 2013, saw the 20. 20- to art 2002 and i think i've seen parts of the rage mm-hmm. um but the novel i haven't read but i do know and i might throw some bits and pieces in there today i do know what is like different from right. the this this movie and what's different from the novel and the only reason i know that is because the other adaptations included them and mm-hmm. so you know in some ways they were more faithful to that adaptation um so that's the only reason that i know that there's like a couple of differences but for the most part it's not crazy different like it's Mm -hmm. mainly just some small little bits of the ending and just some differences of like what characters survive and things like that yeah True. And there are also like a plethora of different um, videos and whatnot, like YouTube that show the comparisons between all of the different movies and also the movies versus the books, too. So if you want extended information on all of that, there are many, many resources for you guys to check out. Um, But without further ado, and of course, ladies first, Erica, (laughs) could you let me know what is in your notebook? I said, wow, look at this locker room bonding. Well, <laughs> every time in a movie there's a locker room scene, it just feels so Hollywood. Like I've never, I've never had this kind of experience in a locker room. Everybody's running around, everybody's naked, and mm-hmm. they're all running around screaming and yelling and laughing and slapping me slapping each other and <laughs> everyone's having a grand old time and i'm right. like i'm sorry i remember in the locker room that it was hey you have five minutes to get unsweaty and get dressed before you're going to be late for your next class <laughs> so what are we why are we wasting time yep yep clean yourself quickly and run back and to class like, that is all the locker room stinks. truly is locker room stink Oh, they smell terrible. They're awful. Because they're, and they're sweat a bunch of, buckets. They're sweat buckets. There's also a bunch of adolescent kids, so nobody gives a damn. They're just throwing towels and clothes everywhere. You're just walking on people's hair. You don't know whose hair's who. You don't know oh. whose clothes is what. It's just, ugh, disgusting. It's sick. And it's like, <laughs> they're all they're all just bonding. It's like a sleepover in there. The, mm-hmm. but replace the towels with pillows. And that's what every movie imagines like a sleepover is. It's just, right. just people running around laughing and giggling like and hitting giggling. each other with pillows. But yeah, they're having a grand old time. And this is, that's the thing is they did just finish class. It's not like they're a sports team. And so mm-hmm. it's just after school and they're hanging out. No, this is in the middle of class because we see that Carrie gets excused from the rest of her classes. And mm-hmm. so it's in the middle of the day. And so clearly they have places to go. Yeah, they got shit they got to <laughs> do. And everybody is in there getting glammed up. Um, but yeah, this is when we get, obviously, like I said, everybody's naked. And we're kind of panning through... 
And then we go to Carrie, and this is a very long shot of her cleaning herself in the shower with Mm -hmm. a bar of soap that I presume every other girl has also been using, and Carrie is rubbing it directly on her skin. Mm-hmm. We love it. We love to see. <laughs> we, lo- we love to see that um, the communal soap. Yeah, but it's a very long shot of mm-hmm. at least a minute long of of thighs and shoulders and body parts. <laughs> It's true, yeah. They they hold on it really long, and even like the pan through like the locker room and stuff. It it all takes a while. It fe- mm-hmm. and that's a, honestly something that blankets a lot of this movie is things kind of take a while, um, which I will speak on more a bit later. Which is but very yes, 70s. I agree. That, very <laughs> yeah, super seventies. Uh, you take your sweet time. <laughs> yeah, it is a very stark switch between the beginning of the locker room scene to after Carrie gets her period because it feels like there's a whole tonal shift like from the directorial style to everything that's happening. Well, this whole movie to me feels like a balance act between a high school movie and what it ends up being Mm -hmm. because this movie does, I forget sometimes how much of this movie is balanced on the high school aspect. You're spending just as much time with these other kids that Carrie goes to school with or the staff at the school as you are with Carrie. Mm-hmm. It's not all just about her or her powers or what happens to her. A lot of it is hinged on the way that other characters are impacting her. And a lot of that has to do with the bullying element within this group of girls that we follow throughout the movie and i forget a lot of times how much of this movie is that it you get these moments where it's like this is straight out of a high school movie Mm -hmm. like this moment with john travolta and and um Chris, who I don't know why I called him his name. <laughs> because it's John Travolta. Probably I can't remember what his name is. Billy. <laughs> his name's Billy. You, wait, you called him Billy. by his character's name at any point during this viewing? I just called him John. <laughs> Billy. <laughs> Look, we'll get to John and his choices <laughs> soon. But even like you have this moment with Billy and Chris that feels straight out of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm-hmm. It's just... Them driving in their car down the street. You know, you have that, and then it's followed up with them killing a pig. And then you have um, these this whole side plot with Sue and Chris, where they have these moments together, and he's asking Carrie to the prom. It's all this stuff that in any other movie would be a fairly straightforward coming-of-age high school movie, mm-hmm. or just high school movie of the 70s. Yeah. And then they're intercut with these moments of terror or thriller or horror. But it all culminates into this ending that is kind of a combination of both. The only reason that the movie ends the way it, it, it ends is because of the choices that the characters around Carrie have made up to that point. And like the things that they have done, it all ends in this horrifying massacre. But... It's the way that it's weaved throughout that really gets you gets you there because it's like if we had had too much horror up to that point. I don't think it would have hit quite as hard. But if you had had too much high school up to that point, you would have been like, "What the fuck? What is she doing? What is happening?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they have a really good balance of both. Because another thing that I forget often is 
Harry's powers are not that important for a lot of this movie. It's much more because for her, her powers are an extra thing that is leading her away from being normal. That's not, it's not something she wants. It's not something she's like trying to 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 figure out how to use. She doesn't have these montages where she's like mastering my powers mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's just something that happens to her when she feels like these heightened emotions it comes out of her it's kind of an extension of those things but it's not something that she is focused on until she needs to use them until she needs them as like a defense mechanism Mm -hmm. true very true and it's a balancing act between um, a high school coming of age story and a horror movie for sure but it also feels like a balancing act between um, a particular directorial style and conveying the same story that the script and I think the original story from Stephen King was trying to tell as well, where you can see the Palma having a lot of fun with the visuals, which I enjoy. I do enjoy. I think there is some very, very cool imagery um, throughout the entirety of Carrie. Um, but there are also some times where I think that is fighting against the uh, storytelling aspect of the movie as well, because there's just so much like, look at this cool visual, look at this cool shot, look at this interesting take on this two shot, look at this over the shoulder or one person's in the foreground and the background. So yeah, there's a lot of cool imagery, but I do think sometimes it's at odds with the storytelling because there is there is a very interesting tale with Carrie and what's happening with Carrie, and it's a very tragic tale too because mm-hmm. Carrie's such a tragic character and really a victim of circumstance for the most part, and it is it is nice to have that um, very sensitive story being told in such a like beautiful movie in in a way like not that like the content itself is beautiful but just the way that everything looks is quite beautiful Mm. yeah there's one shot that like irks me every single time i watch this movie mainly because it makes me nauseous Mm -hmm. and it's the dancing shot yeah where they're at prom and for anyone who hasn't seen this in the while it's where Carrie is at prom with Tommy Mm -hmm. and it's when she's kind of questioning him about why she's there. Like he's gotten her up to dance and it's this full long take where they like dolly around them. Mm -hmm. And so they're just making circles around the actor. So we feel like we're spinning with them Mm -hmm. and it starts off slow and then it, it picks up speed and Oh my god, I I had to fast forward. It was making me so <laughs> not I couldn't it's such a long it's shot. So... And yes, it's 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 a nice shot. It's a pretty shot. You have the lights, you have them spinning around and it kind of feels like they're like starting to get at they start off really nice and gentle and then it almost feels like it's getting out of control and like as the night goes on that's also what happens but it's just way too freaking long for me to be spinning around <laughs> like i'm on the tilt to whirl i don't want this not in a movie i was oh my stomach was crazy. i was like how much longer <laughs> i just fast forwarded because i couldn't 
I couldn't deal with it. It was it was too much. Dude, I wrote down. I was like, the actors have to be dizzy after that dancing scene because I know like they're dolling around them, but it really looks like they gave them a note to also spin while they're doing it to make it even more intense. So you're yeah. getting this double dose of just vertigo from the camera and the characters. Um, yeah, and I, they're also definitely spinning. Yeah, and with the spinning and everything, you're right. It starts off very slow. It starts off very normal. It is your, it is the high school dance scene. You're at the prom. You're you're dancing with your lover. That's what you get there. And then Carrie starts asking questions. And every time she's asking questions, the answers that she's getting, in my opinion, are like very circular answers. They're the same answers that she's been getting every single time she's asked these questions. Like, why did you take me to the prom? But why me? Like all, all of these questions that she has in this very vulnerable state right now, he's answering them, but not really. I think the longer that scene goes, the more prominent that feeling gets. And I think those things combined does create this very creative way to show that this is a beautiful moment, but something's wrong, something's out of place. I do think that it does do that. But whether or not everyone likes that and whether or not that kind of shot is everyone's cup of tea, I think is up for debate. It's just like uh, it, it is them. It, it is it them already, spinning for a wrong. solid three minutes. I see. It's already wrong. It's like I get it. Carrie, Carrie's getting swept up in the circumstances of the night and like really letting her guard down. Whatever, whatever. Two minutes, dog. Two <laughs> minutes of spinning, my lord. It's the whole song. I heard the whole song. I didn't agree to dance with Tommy. Carrie did. <laughs> so why am I up here <laughs> tripping over my feet? It's just a lot. It's, 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 I, it's that, a beautiful shot. Thing. It's I, a beautiful shot. But Brian, <laughs> never again. Never again have me spinning around in circles like that for two minutes straight. Trying to listen to dialogue. Look, they're killing it. The actors are killing it. I want to listen to them. I want to see the emotions. Mm -hmm. I, But I can't look. I can't look at you. Mm -hmm. I simply cannot. And so, so again, going back to a thought <laughs> that I had at the beginning, <laughs> I had a feeling would come up a couple times, is like directorial style, the Palma. I, I dig it. I dig the stuff that was happening. I think there was some really, really, really cool stuff happening visually. However, there's a lot of it. And it's in like almost mm -hmm. every scene. And at some point that does get distracting. It's like, I get it. You're a good director. 
You know what you're doing. You got these cool shots. Like, I get it. Now, please just tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I, I didn't mind it too much. I, I definitely noticed it. It didn't. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't bother me too much just because it feels like such a product of the 70s, the way that some of the shots are. That's Specifically, true. like the foreground and background shots where there's someone's head is giant in the foreground <laughs> and then there's like something in the background. I was like, oh man, that's like. Well, that, <laughs> is that normal for the 70s? Because I just really noticed it's it for this really, movie. It's yeah. a really, I, I've noticed it a lot more with older movies. Not okay. to say that newer movies don't do that but when newer movies do that it always feels to me like a callback of Mm. a previous like generation's way of shooting because i do notice those kinds of shots i feel like a lot more in in movies from the 70s personally that's fair but um yeah it's an artsy it's an artsy movie that's that's the big takeaway from this bit is visually you're gonna you're gonna see a lot a lot of um creative and artsy things that's that's mm-hmm. what you're gonna get in carrie um yeah. along with this tragic tale of poor young carrie poor carrie so yeah let's go back to the beginning though let's go to the inciting incident because mm-hmm. this is really when it all pops off which like i said is like two minutes into the movie is after carrie takes her very um sudsy shower mm-hmm. we see that she has her period and it's very obvious that this is the first time that she's ever gotten it because she is very very confused by what's happening and that confusion quickly leads to fear for her because she has no idea what's going on Mm -hmm. and i always think it's so interesting first of all sissy spacek is a is a great carry not only just the way that she acts it but i also just think she has a great look for this type of a character because she does have such a like ethereal look to her yeah um she has like a very otherworldly look and although she is beautiful she does a good job in this movie of it's really it's the it's the way that Carrie care Carrie carries herself <laughs> is, is the issue in actuality because she is a beautiful girl and that's evident by the end of the movie people acknowledge that she is beautiful and people acknowledge that she has a personality that is worth getting to know but she doesn't have any confidence to go with that she has been beaten down by her mother's opinions and so she has no self-confidence no self-worth she carries herself like she she's worth negative ten dollars and she's like just kind of her wardrobe is you know pretty conservative pretty drabby and she like always is covering her face with her hair Mm-hmm. And nobody really knows anything about her besides the things that they know about her family, which isn't good stuff. Nope. <laughs> and so that is why Carrie is is an is it like on an outsider and she she can't ever a, like even if she wanted to try and fit in, her mother always beats her down and berates her. So even if she gets like an inch of confidence, that's gonna be gone by the time she goes home. Right. And but I just always think it's so interesting because, yeah, we meet her in the volleyball scene, technically. Mm-hmm. But and and when you meet her there, it just definitely feels like the normal. Oh, yeah, she's the quote unquote loser at school. She not very good at sports. Everybody gets mad at her because she misses the volleyball. Mm-hmm. And 
But then you meet her in the next scene. And she is so distraught by what is happening. And she is like scarily scared like the because she's so scared it's almost scary and not to say that any of these girls do the right thing at all but the way that she comes out of that shower is a it's creepy it's it's creepy carrie like i don't mean to i don't mean to call (laughs) her out of her name but (laughs) it is like the way that she runs out of that shower and she can't even speak. She's so scared. It's almost like she's been, she has been hurt. Yeah. And like she runs out with blood on her hands. She most definitely smears that on at least a couple of her classmates. On, well, <laughs> yeah. Sue's sweater is, is it's throw it away. <laughs> throw that away. It's a wrap. It's white and it's, it's done. It's done. Cause she, yeah, she grabs Sue by the arm. <laughs> her sweater is absolutely gone um but yeah it's it's an interesting way to technically meet your protagonist Mm -hmm. is she is inconsolable when we first meet her that's our first image of her and you have to wonder what's going on here and it isn't until probably about 15 minutes later or 15 minutes into the movie, 10 minutes in the movie, that you get the bigger picture. You see why she is this way. way. You you meet more of her because you you hear her talk to her mom and she is much more vocal when Mm -hmm. she's home. And once she's calmed down from the situation, like everything makes more sense. But I've just always thought that that was like the way that we meet Carrie it kind of it kind of like flips things because you meet her but then you and it's jarring at first but then you also basically right away feel sorry for her cuz then you see that all of these girls have a habit of ganging up on her mm-hmm. and it's like once they realize what's going on that would be the switch if they were like nice people but uh that instead of them helping her they immediately you know berate her for it and and we do find out so she is She's 16. I always think she's supposed to be 18 mm, because okay. because they consistently say it's your senior, senior prom. Year. This is like one of the f- big through lines with uh, high school and horror is high school fucking sucked <laughs> for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, uh, what, you know, one of the notes I had was if this is what white teenage girls were like in the 70s, all these modern day Karens make a lot more sense because <laughs> these girls are vicious. They are awful people. And oh, like yeah. Sue at least has a conscience in there because mm-hmm. she still participates in the in the activities of bullying Carrie. However, over time she actually realizes, hey, this is kind of a shitty thing to do. Yeah, Miss uh, Miss Collins shakes some sense into her literally. Slaps some sense into her. She shakes the shit out of Sue (laughs) (laughs) and like screams in her face. But I like that that you see that at that moment, Sue's kind of like, oh, yeah, like we really, we really did take this way too far. Mm -hmm. And then from there, she is kind of trying to atone for making Carrie feel so bad. Yeah. But real quick, can I ask you how many how many students do you think Miss Collins has slapped? 
you know what? I think these are the first. Yeah. I really think these are the first. Oh, okay. I think Miss Collins has kept it cute. She's kept it together. And then she just has this group of girls and she's like, I'm about to ruin these girls' careers. Like, I'm going <laughs> to destroy them, which is very satisfying to watch. I love watch Miss Collins just absolutely annihilate every single one of their um, their souls. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel because the way that the girls react when she slaps Chris, mm -hmm. it feels like to me that is maybe Miss Collins kind of keeps it together a bit more. Like and this is just like talk. the straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing. Because oh, okay. even with like the punishments and stuff, mm -hmm. like it doesn't seem like she's ever punished them like that before. Right. Okay, that's fair. I just thought that she had a really good form on that on that front hand, backhand. That's all. Like she seemed well equipped with them slaps. Mm -hmm. No, she's probably been waiting. I mean, she, <laughs> that, like, like that slap has been a long time coming, yeah. but she's had that one locked and loaded. I just don't think she has <laughs> had a chance to use it on anybody yet. Mm -hmm. And then Chris was the perfect face. You know slap. what's kind of curious about this tale, and I don't know if it's quite the same in the several different versions right but along with carrie being a fairly layered character and i do think it's nice that when you start the movie you really are viewing carrie similarly to probably a lot of her classmates view her where you don't mm -hmm. get the full picture until you dive deeper into her story and her personality it's curious to me the intentions and the motivations of all the other characters outside of Carrie. Because, like, Carrie seems to be just trying to get by. She's surviving. Mm -hmm. Her mom, yeah, she's got the power of Christ, sure. Miss um, mm -hmm. Collins wants people to, you know, treat Carrie better. But at the same time, you know, she's keeping order and all that jazz. But when you get to the other students, that's where, like... Their motivations, they for me, they just differ so much. Like, Chris seems to be like a one-note character. She's just an awful asshole. Like, she just wants to fuck with whoever's the weakest link and make their life hell. That 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 is the driving force behind her actions. Mm -hmm. But then you have characters like Sue and Tommy who... Both have expressed not really caring for Carrie or liking Carrie, um, but they do still try and help her later on. I think Tommy may be the most confusing of the bunch because he's very openly like, I don't like her, but still really? goes along with this whole plan. I never thought he disliked her. I actually thought that he liked her. Oh, really? Yeah, because in that scene, in that scene where they're in class. In class, yeah. And the teacher is kind of making fun of Carrie. Mm -hmm. He says, you suck. But I felt like he was saying that to the teacher. Like saying, like, you're being an asshole to her because oh, she said that my poem okay. was beautiful. Because, you know, because the teacher yeah. is like making, like berating her because she didn't have a criticism for the thing. Mm -hmm. And he is like standing up for her silently because he doesn't say it. You know, he doesn't want to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, he. I always thought that to me, Tommy always struck me as a guy who, because I don't think like Chris and all them 
I don't think he runs with that crew. It nah. seems like he has his own group of friends. Okay. He always seemed to me like uh, just a goofy guy who just kind of does whatever mm-hmm. and has really no qualms with anybody and maybe isn't like going out of his way to talk to Carrie or nah, do it. But true. I feel like he's like more in the middle. I feel like okay. he doesn't really have any like issues with her but at the same time he's not trying to be her friend uh-huh. but and so as a result he's not pressed about asking her to the dance because he's like yeah sure whatever i'll ask carrie and then i feel like once they get to the dance he actually is like hey you're cool like you're actually pretty cool should he have kissed her now probably, probably not, not. <laughs> several <laughs> I times thought that was a little definitely forward. probably not but honestly cool that that clears stuff up for me because i think i just misinterpreted then the classroom scene because for the you suck i definitely thought was towards carrie and i i in that scene i thought that was more the entire classroom against carrie the moment that she actually says something not the two of them like establishing some sort of connection with each other um because that that does take tommy's character in a completely different direction because I spent the majority of the movie wondering how Tommy got to be so nice from the guy that said, you suck to Carrie in the classroom yeah. scene. Him being on Carrie's side from the beginning makes a lot more sense. I just think he's just a goofy, like, I, Tommy is just such a, like, he's just so silly to me. The whole, not like a, like a silly character, but he's just like a silly person to me the whole way throughout. I can't imagine him, like, having any ill will towards Carrie. Yeah, that and again, that makes a lot more sense and is more in line, I think, with the Tommy that you see for a majority of the movie. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm totally cool with subscribing to that. I will say, within the confines of his relationship with Sue, you can definitely tell that Sue runs that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tommy's just Tommy's a yes man. It, it, it's okay, because he, you know, he's a good guy at, at the end of the day, but uh Whatever whatever Sue says seems to go in that relationship. Yeah, and he's just like, yeah, sure, whatever. But at the same time, that's why I'm confused because I'm like, are you and Sue in a relationship or were you guys just like close you guys friends just or something? Like each other, and we're gonna go to prom together because you surely can't be dating because um, you made out, you didn't make out, but you kissed Carrie a couple of times in front of the entire school, nonetheless, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, Sue wanted you to have a good time with her, but, but not that <laughs> I good can't imagine that was on the checklist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay, in the realm of characters too now, um, let's talk a little bit about Carrie's mother. Yes. Uh, Margaret, I believe. She's great. Okay, well, first of all, so... When I say she's great, I mean Piper Laurie is, is great at her <laughs> at playing her. Let me make that very clear. <laughs> but first of all, Piper Laurie, when she got the script for this movie, like mm-hmm. didn't understand. She had she had been retired from films for like fifteen years prior. Mm-hmm. She had done some theater, but she didn't do acting in films anymore. And she got the script and she didn't get it. Like, she just did not understand it at all. And then her husband was like, well, you know, Brian De Palma makes like comedies. And so then she said she understood it because she thought it was a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. And because she thought this character was so over the top that she was like, there's no way that this, this is, could be like, a real a serious person. movie. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think she plays that 
plays into that a little bit. But to be fair, this is a character that is meant to be like a religious fanatic. There yeah. are meant to be the most outrageous version of someone who is like this because you have to understand why Carrie is the way that she is. And also her mother is another like, yeah, I would say Chris and Billy are like the, the villains of a lot of this movie, but so is her mother. Her mother is like another aspect of that. And another like obstacle that Carrie has to go up against and her mother just represents this religious abuse that is constantly being onslaught against this character that is so different than the way that these other teenagers are growing up and although she is probably so different than maybe people that Piper Laurie had met in real life, there are definitely people who use their religion as a crutch to be abusive. Mm -hmm. And I just think she plays it so well, though. To her, it probably felt so ridiculous. But I think she played it just enough. Like, if she had done any less, I don't think it would have worked as well. But she just hits, like, the exact right notes where it does, yes, it does feel theatrical, But those people do feel theatrical. Those people don't feel real. I No, I feel you. There's something about seeing Carrie get slapped by her mom with a Bible that really solidifies the kind of relationship that they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Where this woman is batshit um, when it comes to Jesus. And Carrie's out here just trying to be a high school student. She's just trying to be a normal girl and she can't buy. (laughs) She's just trying to get by and there's just nowhere for her to go. She's not okay at school. She's not okay at home. Like everywhere she goes, she's got somebody bullying her in some way, shape or form. And once you get all the pieces to this puzzle of who Carrie is, I think it really, it really sinks in why she's the way that she is and why she operates the way that she does because there are so many i think real life examples of carrie not people with telekinetic telekinetic powers (laughs) but um people who end up being victims of their circumstance whether it's by bullying or just like not having a good home life where you meet them and they may strike you a certain way but it's because of their environment that they grew up in and what they have to navigate through. Not so much because they themselves don't have it all together, but it's just like you don't know what they're dealing with when you're not right. with them. Right. And her mom is just such an example of someone. She is just like by Carrie just being Carrie is a sin. Like women are sinful mm-hmm. to her mom. Her mom is so ashamed of her own body and just th- things that happen within the human body. All of that is just something for her to be extremely ashamed of and want to hide and want to shield herself and Carrie from. And God made Eve from the rib of Adam. And it was weak and loose, the raven on the world. And the raven was called sin. Said, the raven was called sin. Why didn't you tell me, Mama? Said, 
No. A raven was called sin. Ooh, woman. And the raven was called sin. And first sin was intercourse. First sin was intercourse. I didn't sin, Mama. No. Say it. I didn't sin, Mama. The first sin was intercourse. First sin was intercourse. First sin was intercourse. And the first sin was intercourse, Mama. I was so scared. I thought I was dying. And the girls, they all laughed at me and threw things at me, And he was weak. Say it. No, Mama. He was weak. No. He was weak. No. He was weak. Say it. No, Mama. Say it. He was weak. He was weak. And a curse was a curse of blood. You should have told me, Mama. You should have told me. Oh, Lord, help the sinning woman see the sin of her days and ways. Show her that if she had remained sinless, the curse of blood would never have come on her. As a result, she is create cultivated an environment where Carrie has no room to explore being herself to explore being friends with anybody or to even just know about what it means to grow up and be a woman mm -hmm. like carrie is perpetually going to be stuck in this child stage because her mom refuses to tell her anything about what her future could be because in her mom her mom doesn't even have a future that she expects carrie to have like i, I think if it was up to her mom carrie would just stay there in that house forever well, not for long because they'd get evicted <laughs> yeah. but just stay with her forever and and the fact that she thinks that anything that carrie does is a sin only because she's so ashamed of the things that she's done mm -hmm. and she's like tying everything and using religion as this crutch to say that all of these things are bad it's like you understand why Carrie is just so afraid to to do anything, to talk to anybody, to like learn more, be more, go on a potential date with someone because that's not okay. As far as she is concerned, none of that stuff is okay. Right. And like the fact that her mom is, is mad at Carrie for something that she can't even control. Her mom equates getting her period to, oh, well, Carrie, you must have sinned to do so, as if she had a say in the matter. And yes, some women don't get periods, and that is true, but that has nothing to do with sin. It's like, duh. Yeah, she's that, she's that next tier <laughs> religious where an actual conversation is not within the cards. Like, you are, you are talking to a walking Bible. You cannot reason with this woman for the most part, especially if you're Carrie. Though I will say, I think a lot of my favorite um, character scenes are the ones between Carrie and her mom, because mm -hmm. I do think that is where you get to see Carrie's growth the most throughout the movie is in her interactions with her mother. Like from where we start and how she interacts from that first time when she is getting Bible slapped and dragged across the room and shoved into closets to standing up to her mom unafraid to show her power and to let her know that she's not going to be bossed around anymore. I think watching the journey that her and her mom goes on magnifies like how stark of a difference there is between the original Carrie that we see at the beginning of the movie and the Carrie that we see at the end. 
before she destroys everything. Um, mm -hmm. She's she's grown or she is at least growing into her womanhood and she is changing. And that is something that scares the shit out of her mom because she's like, yeah. I didn't expect to ever have to deal with this for some strange reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't think you'd grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought that would happen. Yikes. Yeah. Ooh, what am I going to do now? And we do kind of find out that she, if it was up to her, Carrie wouldn't have grown up, but mm -hmm. she d allowed her to. And now she's dealing with her and her head dealing with the repercussions of that. But um, and she blames a lot of things that happen in her life that happen. A lot of bad things that she, or at least that she considers bad things that happen in her life. She blames them on like the devil or like sin because you've done x y and z now mm -hmm. we're being punished for this like carrie's dad leaving them yeah. to be with another woman she is like oh the he was possessed by the devil yeah and carrie's like he he was possessed by that dick and he, wanted, <laughs> <laughs> he, he wanted to go somewhere like what do you mean <laughs> basically carrie's like okay mom <laughs> uh, i mean you're right you're right <laughs> No, it's but, true, but <laughs> I, I did I I did I did like that um although I hated the mom, right? Like you're supposed to hate her, but mm -hmm. I did like that they give you enough in this version of the tale um to at least sympathize with where she's coming from a little bit in terms of just like she is this way now and that sucks because it's affecting the way that she's interacting with Carrie, but the reason she's this way stems from the things that have also happened to her. So it's another situation of like external forces have led to her leading this particular life and being this particular way. Because like, like you said, all the bad things that happened to her in her life or things that she perceives as bad, she quantifies them as being religious in nature or because the devil had some work in, in it. Right. Which a lot of people yeah. will do. They'll use religion as a crutch like that. Right. Um, well, and it seems like that's how she I mean, that was just the way that she was raised, too. Mm -hmm. It seems that she was instilled that from a young age and continued it on. Does that make it OK? Absolutely not. But you were like, OK, this is how she has been mm -hmm. her entire life. And Carrie is doing her best to try and break this horrible cycle. Yeah, because but, if it was up to her. She would just be Margaret too. Like she would right. basically be the exact same version as her mother if she continued to go down this route. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I agree with you. I love their scenes together, especially one of my favorite scenes is the scene where Carrie, where they're at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. That's a great Carrie, scene. Carrie tells her she got invited to the prom, and the mom throws the drink <laughs> on her and it puts all the candles out. I love that scene. <laughs> It's so good, but yeah. Did I you love uh, also peep the little Last Supper in the background? I thought that was I thought that was cute. Where there's like there's like a moment where they're sitting uh, across the table from each other, and in the background while they're arguing, this is, there's the a like tapestry of the Last Supper or something like that, which is symbolic of the fact that this is also their Last Supper. Their last, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like religious foreshadows, which I really like. Even that really creepy like. Crucifixion, mm -hmm. Jesus, like statue that Carrie has in her little, like, um, bad, bad timeout closet. Solitary religious yeah. confinement. 
and how that kind of foreshadows how later things yeah margaret is gonna yeah, yeah. go out later I, w- I will say once we got to that scene i i knew i knew in my in my soul of souls um that that like when i saw when i initially saw the the G, the jesus t pose mm-hmm. and then we got to the later thing and the moment that that knife went through her hand i was like oh i know where this is going mm-hmm. yeah and margaret loves it she's like euphoric at that whole final section were you uncomfortable her, during that too because i was mad uncomfortable while she was dying she's like ah ah Ooh. Ooh. Ah, another scene that goes on very, very long. That is a long destiny. <laughs> yeah. <it's like> <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a very long death scene. Um, yeah, she that I mean, that whole ending bit, she is in a state of like hyper frenzy. She's hat looks the happiest we've seen her look the entire movie when she's trying to kill Carrie. And because She's convinced Carrie's a witch and and because of that has to die. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the from the minute she stabs Carrie in and, and that's what I feel feel like she is like, this is what I should have done all along. So I should have ki- killed her. Yeah. It's like she this never even should have been born, kind of a thing. And so she looks so happy. And then she dies. And I feel like when she's dying, she has this feeling of like, oh, I'm gonna go to heaven and like I'm gonna be with my with like Jesus and and this is what's meant for me because mm-hmm. she's like she's loving it she's and even though she is actually a demon she does look very angelic when she dies that. <laughs> also that Jesus statue that Carrie has the wig that's on it, it looks just like <laughs> just like Margaret's hair that's true I, w- I wonder how much of that was on I'm sure a lot of that was on purpose <laughs> yeah um, I ain't never seen Jesus's hair look, look like, like that. Look like that. Wait, he had a press <laughs> perm during his hair. I've never seen. <laughs> I've never seen the Rick James locks <laughs> on Jesus, so I'm assuming that was on purpose. Uh, yeah, most most likely, most likely. <laughs> um. But uh, also spoilers if you didn't know she dies. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, Car- is, this just came out in yeah, 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 I, 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 I know, I know. <laughs> um, but all right, let's um, let's let's talk a little bit about the the big scene, the one that everybody Wait, knows. Oh, before we get into the yes. big scene, what's up? We need we need to talk about <laughs> mm-hmm. John Travolta. Oh yeah, we do, we do. We gotta talk me, about our boy Billy. What do you say? He says. Give me, give me one of them beers. Why is he doing that accent? <laughs> one of them beers. <laughs> give me one of them beers. I was like, why is he doing a southern accent? Not well. Not <laughs> well at all. But like, what? no one else. Like, Sissy Spacek has one because that is just the way she talks. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody else is putting on an accent because i don't even know what state we're supposed to be in Mm -hmm. so what was that what are we doing (laughs) here (laughs) we're expecting more like hey oh chris come on just something (laughs) give me the the business as usual i was i i'm sorry i was too distracted with just how toxic of a combination he and chris were like worst the actual word if you want a representation of what a toxic relationship looks like here you go 
because yeah. these two should not be in a room together ever. They shouldn't be in a room with anybody, but yeah, especially not each other. And yeah, they're definitely horrible, horrible twins put together. But it's just every time, even when he like he would like slap her in the face and I'd be like, whoa. But then he'd be like, I told you never say that. I told you never call me that. And I was like, oh, my God. It was like immediately, immediately took me out. You know, also, I think I may, I'll admit I may have been a little bit mystified by just seeing young John Travolta again. So maybe I wasn't even clocking whatever accent he was doing. Um, but God, I just couldn't stand both of those characters. Like they, yeah. every time they're on the screen, I just got so upset. Um, also, blowjob ADR. Was I? Was I the only I person who noticed that? No, no, no. I wrote Billy, Billy, Billy. Because yeah, she's giving him a blowjob presumably at least the way that he's reacting she is has already started the job like the job is in progress <laughs> she's clocked in and it's continuing on and but somehow she is able to say billy 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 25 times i'm not even joking she says billy so many times and i'm like so is this like a ventriloquist? Is she <laughs> giving you a blowjob? I don't know what's going on. That shit was most deaf added in post. <laughs> it was. It has to be. Because I'm like, so maybe she... Because at first I was like, well, maybe she's not like there yet. Maybe she's still kissing down. But then John Travolta, like... That man is the reaction. Head. He's that either is... <laughs> either that or his belly button is very sensitive. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> the girl One was full the... on monologuing <laughs> while going down on John Travolta. Billy, I was like, you Billy, did not. <laughs> Billy, I hate Carrie White. <laughs> what? <laughs> girl, who? <laughs> it's so weird. It's very strange. And then just the fact that her, okay, like, you're, okay, you're pissed at Carrie because you yeah. fucked with her. And you didn't want to deal with the consequences, so now you can't go to prom. So now you're even yeah. more pissed. <laughs> so now and, you're mad. <laughs> and now that you're pissed, your brain for a prank jumps to murdering a pig, yeah. filling a bucket with its blood, and then dropping that on a human being. You are evil. You are the devil. Yeah. You are the devil that Margaret need, has been talking about this yeah, entire movie. You need some help. You need some <laughs> psychological help. Yeah, because and it's like Miss Collins is the one. That's their fault. <laughs> okay, I'm not trying to give them bully tips, but like, <laughs> that's their fault for bullying someone in the eye line of a teacher. I mean, they're bullying her. Miss Collins can see them through the window. It's not like she was like away and she mm -hmm. found them, like. They continue to do it once Miss Collins came out. They continue to do it. So that's like Carrie didn't say anything. Like she is not the one who like ratted on them. She didn't tell them to punish them or anything. Like that's what Mrs. Collins wanted to do. That if anything, prank Mrs. Collins. Like, right. why are you so big mad about Carrie? Uh, also, Miss Collins slapped the shit out of you. What? Why aren't you yeah, pouring blood? Yeah, Miss Collins. <laughs> Miss Collins rocked your shit in front of all your friends, made you work out, and took away your prom. Uh, by my calculations, Miss Collins has been coming for your neck since things started. <laughs> and you want to go after Carrie? 
I don't understand. Some misplaced aggression. <laughs> but but it's you're right. It's like she she Carrie is weaker than her in her opinion. Like mm-hmm. she can't go after Mrs. Collins. That is one thing that I that happens in all the other movies and happens in the book that doesn't happen in this one is Chris has her dad come to the school and like she does try and get Mrs. Collins in trouble. She does try and get like her ticket to the prom back and it doesn't work gotcha. kind of a thing that they did cut. But also it's like not necessary because it doesn't work. Yeah. So like, yeah, doesn't work. doesn't work unnecessary. We don't really need more Chris TBH. So I will give it up to like all of the supporting characters in this or supporting mm-hmm. actors. Cause I think that everybody does a good job. I know that. So when they did the auditions for this movie, they did them at the exact same time that, that they did the Star Wars audition. So George Lucas oh. and Brian De Palma, because they wanted like fresh faced actors, like no names. Mm-hmm. They just invited people in and had them read for Star Wars. And if George Lucas wasn't going to use them and Brian De Palma wanted them, then he would have them read something for Carrie. Gotcha. So like, like PJ Souls, the girl who plays Norma, like she wrote, she read for Princess Leia. Obviously, oh, didn't, didn't get it. So, and then the cool, the actor that plays Tommy, he read for Luke, and mm-hmm. like obviously didn't get it. But yeah, they got cast in cast in Carrie instead. But that's some. There's something nice about just getting like actors straight off of the like you know fresh face actors who like this is their first acting job there is sometimes something that can be really successful about that it doesn't always work because sometimes you can tell but like in in cases like this it i feel like it is really nice because it does feel very authentic these do feel like kids at a school like i Mm -hmm. believe that these kids go to a school together do i believe they're in high school questionable yeah, i believe these kids go to a community <laughs> college together <laughs> <laughs> but yes they do all seem like students um and they do they do still capture the energy of a high school very well yeah and that that that's something that that rings through the entire time is i always felt like i was still in a high school story despite all the other things that were happening it did still feel very much centered in the growth and development of these kids and how they are interacting with each other Mm -hmm. because that 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 at the end of the day is 90 percent of the reason why things happen in this movie is the choices that the other characters are making and how it's affecting other people and whether or not they can see that their actions do have consequences in regards to others yeah and another thing i will say just going into this last scene where Mm -hmm. we have like the getting ready for prom scene i know a lot of people don't like the scene where like the boys are picking out their tuxes and stuff i actually Mm -hmm. like it i i think it i think it works for the movie yeah it's kind of silly and they definitely could have cut it but Mm -hmm. i don't mind it because that's what makes it feel it almost i don't having that scene kind of reminds you that there are kids in this movie that are on Carrie's side mm-hmm. and they're still gonna die. And like, they're just kids. They're like kids yeah. going to a prom and they're super excited about it. And that's just not the way that the night is gonna go. And I like seeing these like light moments, but I will say it's crazy to see Carrie is like trying on lipstick in the store and she's going straight from the tube. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you can't do that now. You can't <laughs> you, do that. I mean, even before COVID, like you couldn't just put lips, try lipstick on straight from the tube and then expect other people to try that same lipstick. Like you take swatches of it. Yeah. And it's just my, crazy seeing her just put it straight on her lips and then put it back on the shelf. My COVID senses were tingling very heavily <laughs> during that during that montage. Yeah, but it's like even before COVID, you can't just put stuff on your mouth like, like girl, a, use lipstick i'm on gonna buy that mouth. later how dare yeah, you it's like uh, you can't keep because other people are gonna try that and they're gonna be like oh i don't know whose mouth this is one but like fingers crossed <laughs> <laughs> that was just wild to me i was like what the heck yeah i i clocked that too i was like i don't think i'm pretty sure that's not how it worked at sephora but all right bet they would kick I, you out so fast oh my god and throw mm-hmm. the lipstick away <laughs> Mm-hmm. But uh, I agree with you. I like the get ready for prom montage, even when it bounces between the other kids, because I that's what for me, that's one of the times where we get the full scope of everything. Um, it's also when we get these little asides with some of these um, auxiliary characters that I actually enjoy. Like, I enjoy the 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 comedy and the tuck scene. Mm-hmm. Um I enjoy actually seeing that these girls who talk shit and are bullies still do that outside. I do like getting a taste of what they're like outside of school, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it does give you a bigger picture of all of their personalities and who they are. Um, and even some of the characters who are still bullies um, have a bit of variance between them and some of the more nefarious characters because some of them are just bullies by proxy right they're bullies yeah. because they're there and they're in the group they're followers, where you have yeah. you have the chrises who are actively seeking and destroying individuals for their <laughs> own personal gain you know like there's there's definitely a difference between the these people and so yeah when you do get to the to the massacre basically later on it adds that layer of like damn there are a lot of innocents in this crowd. Yeah. And that's the thing is it's like, yeah, I think for some people it could feel like, oh, yeah, like they're getting their comeuppance, which is true for a handful of those people. And mm-hmm. you could argue that by proxy, kind of like what you said, a lot of people may have been bystanders and allowed Carrie to be bullied, which maybe they deserved some of that comeuppance. But there are a lot of people there that had nothing to do with the situation. And for the most part, even some people who had bullied her in the beginning are being very genuinely nice to her now. And mm-hmm. that, and she hallucinates that everybody is laughing at her, which, mm-hmm. well, besides Norma, who is legitimately yucking it up, but everybody else, she is imagining them laughing. That's kind of the fault of them earlier because they've instilled in her mind that they will always laugh at her and never be on her side. And that's what they have made her feel from the earlier period scene is like when she is in distress, they will not be on her side. They're going to laugh at her. So that's Mm -hmm. partly from that. That's partly from her mom (laughs) leaving her with the parting words of they're all going to laugh at me. (laughs) Yeah, which is not great, (laughs) but it's like this culmination of all these things mm-hmm. where because of the choices that you made earlier and you didn't try hard enough to rectify those choices, Carrie has now entered this mode where she truly does believe that there is no one on her side. 
And yeah. yes, that is partly a lot of these classmates fault and to some degree some of the staff's fault because her teacher was an asshole to her her principal was an asshole to her truly miss collins is the only one who has been nice to her but even miss collins kind of had to come around because in the beginning miss collins is also like yeah she's kind of doing a lot but she like helps her as time goes on Carrie is now at this point of no return. She's in this silent rage where everybody just blends together. And so like yeah. the nice will never outweigh the damage that has already been done. And it just, mm -hmm. but yeah, it really sucks because you do see a lot of people who had nothing to do with the situation or who did, but were being nice. And they are now paying for the sins of those who were actively trying to hurt Carrie. And I just yeah. can't imagine. Could you imagine being that band? You're like, yeah, we got this gig at this high school. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a quick book. And you get electrocuted <laughs> on stage <laughs> by a teenager with telekinesis. You're like, dude, I just. <laughs> I was just trying to pay rent. Yeah, to, man. Like, I do weddings. I, I do weddings. I do bar mitzvahs. <laughs> I do schools. Like, I don't, I didn't want to do this. I wanted to be like on the radio. And I I'm here and it's just like I'm like dang imagine that just being some random gig you picked up and right <laughs> well kind of wrapping up thoughts on it um what do you think because this this prom scene mm -hmm. across time and across versions has 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 stood the test of time like people know this scene this is a very recognizable scene the bucket of blood everybody knows this um, I'm curious why you think this particular sequence has cemented itself so firmly within horror. What do you think it is about the prom scene that's so special? I mean, I think it's just uh, you spend the whole movie building up to this moment and it is really satisfying because you really get to see her powers on display. It's an iconic mm -hmm. image of her covered in blood and just standing still with her eyes wide open and just looking at also, her ability to pop them peepers mm -hmm. open is um very commendable open. oh she's seeing everything everything <laughs> in 4k and i yeah i honestly just think it's there is some satisfaction to her having her revenge but i really just do believe that it's a well done scene like all mm -hmm. across the board i will give it up to them this entire sequence from the minute that they're crowned king and queen to the minute that she gets back home is fantastically mm -hmm. done i love the split yeah. screen i love that we're seeing what's going on in different locations at the same time that we're seeing what the fate uh, is of certain characters at the same time like i love mm -hmm. watching that it also gives it this like real time elements where you almost feel like in that moment you're Carrie you're seeing what Carrie sees as she's maybe scanning across the room and it really makes you feel like mm -hmm. this is how long this is taking this is exactly what's happening in these moments and I love like I just I love that there's just something about seeing Carrie be the way she is for the majority of the moment the movie this like timid girl who grows within herself and seeing her go from that to this raw rage 
is really there's like something really nice about that and something really satisfying about that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just she's a bat like as I yes, she's killing innocent people, but it is a badass moment. Like she looks like a bat, like coming through the fire and she's just covered oh, yeah. in blood. Like you can't really get any better than that. Mm hmm. That's that's true. She truly is an icon in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like whether she's doing anything good or not is, you know, not as <laughs> debatable. But mm -hmm. it's it is certainly iconic. If you want to talk about a woman, a woman with some power. I mean, the flames the of Carrie's wrath, baby. Carrie has <laughs> burned that whole place up. Yes. Mm -hmm. And now we won't talk too much about it because we're sticking to this version. But I do know in like in, in the book and in other versions, um, there is a bit of a difference mm -hmm. in what happens post prom uh, and just like the order that things happen. Like I, I know in some versions, she tears up more of the town yeah. In some versions, she actually goes home before she uh, deals with Chris and Billy, which very satisfying to watch them die, by the way. Yeah. Loved it. <laughs> Would watch it 10 times it's over. It's so silly, but it's, yeah, it's, it's just the shots of them inside are so funny, but. <laughs> <laughs> but watching them die, yeah. quite fun, quite fun. Definitely. Um, mm -hmm. I will say, I think from what I've seen from the other versions, I think I liked this version the best mm -hmm. because I think it was very succinct. It is you're at the dance, you deal with Billy and Chris, and then you're back home. I think that keeping it short and sweet like that and keeping the momentum of the last scene going worked very well. Um, and I like that version. I'm kind of curious, was there any other version that you thought was like equal or that maybe you liked more? Or? No, honestly, I think this is the best way to do it, even because with her tearing up more of the town and stuff, which are even just doing things on a more grand structure, such as in like the 2013 one where she does like a lot more stuff. She has a lot more control of things. It seems like in the 2013 one to me, I mm -hmm. much prefer this because this stays in line for me where she is just, yes, it's chaos and it's, just a lot of random stuff happening. Like what? Why the water hose? But at the same time, like I said, Carrie is not brushing up on her telekinesis skills throughout the movie. Mm -mm. Things are just happening when she gets those emotional outbursts. And so this makes so much sense to me that she's just so she's like holding off, trying to hold all of her rage inside and it's bubbling up, but in a way where she can't like she's releasing it, but She's in like almost a trance. Like she's just so focused yeah. on her anger. And so just like random shit is happening. Everybody that is in her way is a casualty. And so when she goes out into the street, it makes sense that Chris and Billy tried to hit her. That's why she does something to them. If they had just left mm -hmm. her alone, they would have been fine. Because she's so one track minded right now that she's just walking. And then she doesn't snap out of it until she realizes that she's taken herself all the way home. And I think that just makes a lot of sense for what she is feeling in that moment. 
who she is. She's still just a kid whose like first instinct is just to go home. But I like that it's contained to the gym because I just think everything that happens in that moment, it's like that's the height of her anger is like the school and what's happening there. And so I think that makes the most sense to me personally. And also there is some beautiful uh, vulnerability there in the end too, at the end of her walk when she's doing her shower again, which is, Mm -hmm. I I suppose a call back to the beginning, right. Of like, we're getting another like showering sequence with, um, with Carrie, but this time under a different circumstance. And I did love that. It's like, she's, she's in the shower, but she hasn't broken out of her trance until, the blood has all kind of finally washed off of her. And then, you know, she like breaks down into tears. I love that she is just so like, she's so broken in that moment Mm -hmm. that it's not until she's kind of washed herself of the events that just happened, that everything really sets in. And I think that leads to a very understandable sequence with her mom afterwards as to, why she's so vulnerable with her mom, why she's like, I'm sorry. And like, she just wants to be comforted in that moment because the rage is gone. The the stuff that's happened has happened. And now she's gone back to being a teenage girl. A sticker, and she's yeah. just looking for comfort and she's looking for solace in someone. And unfortunately, the only person who can give her that stabs her in the back literally so and the thing that sucks first of all i love that shot of when she walks into the room and her mom is just standing (laughs) behind the door but she can't see her i think that's such a good shot but the thing that sucks too is as far as carrie knows carrie dies thinking that her mom was right Mm -hmm. like she is upset not because of she's upset because she does believe that everybody was laughing her laughing at her and so as far as she is concerned her mom was completely right about everything but she wasn't it it sucks because carrie's last image of everything is her date being killed by a bucket and then- <laughs> it's really funny we didn't talk her about date- that but the dramatics of that bucket i mean come on <laughs> Dave being killed by a rogue bucket <laughs> falling from the sky, which I truly believe. I know that that can happen if things fall at the right speed and hit you at the right angle, <laughs> but it gets me every time. Like, <laughs> it just, it's just, yeah, it, <laughs> it falls and, and it just, I, I know that it is high, but it just feels like it's not. Mm-hmm. So when it falls and hits him, it's like, oh, okay. I think next time um, we do our villain tier list, we need to include the bucket from Gary. <laughs> yeah. The true villain of the movie. Um, but yeah, as far as she knows, everybody did... The whole prom situation does kind of feel like a trick. Yeah. And it wasn't. Especially, too, because she sees Sue and... It's confusing because mm-hmm. Miss Collins still thinks Sue was trying to mess with her and and Carrie sees that and that's 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 another fucking weird thing though is is when Miss Collins is like yelling at Sue, to- Tommy like looks over at her and starts chuckling. That's what I mean when he's just like so weird and goofy. Mm-hmm. It's like, why are you laughing? <laughs> what is so funny about this 
situation because Tommy truly doesn't know what's going on. So I'm like, why would you be laughing right now? Yeah, I, I'll be honest. Weirdo. Like at the beginning of watching the movie, I thought Tommy was malicious. That, that motherfucker is just along for the ride for the entire he's film. He's just there. A goofball. He's just really a goofball. He like is one of those people that laughs at everything. Mm. Um, But yeah, as far as Carrie is concerned, her mom was right about everything and she is not normal. Mm -hmm. She never had a chance of being normal. Nobody would have ever accepted her. But everybody was. Everybody was super excited. The only only like three people knew about the blood bucket thing. So that means that everybody else was genuinely excited for her. Everybody else was genuinely disgusted for her when the bucket fell down. And they were also shocked when Tommy got, you know, body slammed by it. And so it just is unfortunate that she's never going to know that she did have like one truly great night. Mm -hmm. um, but also it's if you watch <laughs> if you watch back. They clap for forever when they're up on stage. They're clapping for like three minutes straight and like Tommy and Carrie aren't even doing anything. But if you watch back, there's this girl in the front and she's wearing a green dress mm -hmm. and she is hyped the fuck up. You would think that Carrie was like her sister. <laughs> she is so excited. Never seen this girl before in the movie. She's just some random extra. Look for her in the green dress. She is hyping them up. Mm. Like, it's her job. Okay. Well, well, also, while you're crowd surfing for people, keep an eye out for that one teacher who cannot look at the camera whenever it is coming by. You know exactly. The homeboy with, like, the glasses or yeah, whatnot. The the shitty teacher. He keeps looking at Miss Collins. I'm like, are you into her? Yeah. Like, I don't know what that <laughs> was, but... I feel like at, during a take, he spiked the camera one time and got yelled at. <laughs> and so he just overcorrected for the rest of the takes because my man <laughs> could not find that camera to save his life. He, he was like, I'm just going to look over here. Speaking of Miss Collins, RIP, that is one of the saddest deaths. And I will say um, she her her character iteration is a little bit different in the book and in some of well she's the same in the movies but she survives in other versions, versions. Oh, I see. um which is nice because she does deserve to but i think that it makes sense that she wouldn't in this because carrie's not picking people out mm -hmm. she's just on a war path. So it's not like she'd be like, oh, Miss Collins. She's just like, oh, you're cool. <laughs> <just> like yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, not you. Like, like fuck, she's you, just fuck you, fuck you, you're cool. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Everybody, it's like when you get in that tunnel vision of of anger and and you're not paying attention to even if you care about someone, you might still hurt them mm -hmm. because you're not caring about their emotions right now. So it's like it makes sense that she wouldn't care yeah. about Miss Collins. Very true, very true. And then la last thoughts real quick. Um, for the overall like ending ending, did you did you like it? Were you a fan? Uh, yeah. I mean, I like I like the ending we get. I like that it kind of ends with this idea that now Sue is gonna carry this trauma. Even after, you know, she tried to help. Uh, Sue's character journey to me, I think, is just like a complex one. I appreciate it. I like that she starts off as a villain. And then even when she's trying to atone, it's not like all of a sudden she's this different person. Mm -hmm. She's still herself. She's just she feels guilty and she does have some, she's harboring some guilt because of that. Mm -hmm. And 
I like that that's still going to stick with her in the ending. It makes sense. The music playing when her hand came up, uh-huh. I didn't remember that happening. <laughs> I feel like it kind of clocks the scare. Like, because the music starts playing. Yeah. Or the music changes before her hand comes up. So I felt like it kind of like. Gave it away a little I, bit. I feel like I felt that scare was so much more when it when I was younger. And yeah, rewatching it now, I was like, oh. That was not as bad as I. Maybe it's just because I know it's coming now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What did you think? Because have you seen that before? Um, I I'd seen the that bit like her walking down uh to where the house had been and the hand coming up. I'd seen that bit mm-hmm. out of context. Like I've just seen like that scene gotcha. and like not really knowing what movie it was from. But I was like, huh, okay, cool. But um. I did see somewhere, I don't know how true it is, but apparently that the hand coming out of the ground for that scene was one of the like earlier uh, surprise gotchas um, as far as endings go in horror. Um, I don't know the full validity of that, but I did come across that, I think. Yeah, no, that yeah, that's true. Where it's like it's one of the OG like gotchas. Yeah, it's it's well, and it's where. um like Friday the 13th in those movies kind of pull it from got that inspiration from yeah mm, let's see um but overall that was okay like i for me the movie it was one of those endings where the movie already ended for me and that mm-hmm. bit felt just more like epilogue but yeah. um i guess as far as old school classic horror movie endings go that one wasn't like the worst one so like it's okay i didn't mind it yeah yeah and i i it is nice i i do think we kind of needed something because sue's character gets like pushed out of the gym and then you just never see her again right so i did feel like we kind of needed like a little bit of an ending to her story so that was nice Mm -hmm. to kind of see where she where she ended up and i thought that was very well at she did a really good job with like the screaming and stuff at the end and it's kind of a sad note to leave things on at least for her character but that brings us to the ending of carrie so what are we going to rate this out of uh well i will say buckets of blood just to have it there Mm -hmm. we know that that is the obvious choice Mm -hmm. but can we go deeper say bucket assassins Mm. we do um Flying tampons. Flying tampons. Confusing blowjobs. <laughs> I think we have a winner. <laughs> Unless you have something else that no, you want to do. Right? I think that. I think. <laughs> so I got to admit, this is actually kind of a hard one. Mm-hmm. But I think... I think I'm going to take a little bit of a safe choice here, and I'm going to give Carrie three out of five confusing blowjobs. Mm, okay. Um, to really summarize why it's kind of difficult for me, I think overall the tale of Carrie and all of its versions is a very interesting story and a very um, intriguing look into the world of bullying and the and the different effects that that can have on people i think that that aspect of carrie is very very fascinating and when it comes to um de palma's 
version, the the OG Carrie movie, I think directori- the directorially, it is very well sound. I think there is a lot to enjoy here. Um, but I do think that it is flawed in certain aspects. Pacing was a very big problem for me during this movie. I think certain parts, pacing was very great. Other parts, not so much. And although, for the most part, I liked the ensemble for what it was, I do think there was a bit of imbalance in terms of just, like, how much time we were spending with who, which stories were being told, and a lot of this could have been the nature of it being an adaption, but there were still things that kind of took me out of the overall narrative. But for the most part, Carrie, for me, is still an enjoyable watch. Um of the bits and pieces I've seen from the other ones, this one still is my current favorite. Um, and I think overall, if you have never seen Carrie, um, personally, I would recommend starting from this one and then maybe expanding from there. But all in all, a solid movie and a very complex and intriguing idea. So for that, I give three out of five confusing blowjobs. Okay. I'm going to give Carrie 4.5 confusing blowjobs out of 5. Yeah, I enjoyed this movie. I feel like I forget how much I like this movie until I rewatch it. And I feel like it's like, for the most part, I actually don't mind the pacing of it. I do think that... I do think that there are times when maybe we spend too much time with specific characters and I maybe wish that that was switched with a different character. Like I almost wish we got more time with Chris and Billy and maybe, or I'm sorry, less time with them and maybe more time with <laughs> I two. I was going to say. Yeah, no, <laughs> let me check myself. But yeah, like cut them out a little bit and then do more with Sue because she is the more com- complex character. Whereas Chris, like I know what I'm getting with Chris. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see her and Billy like, <laughs> you know, easy riding it down the street for however long, especially if he's going to be talking like that. <laughs> so I don't need like there's like little things like that where I maybe they could have been switched. And I also wouldn't have minded more time with Carrie. I do mm-hmm. think we don't get as much time with her and it's hard because obviously we can't do too much with her at school because she's just not friends with anyone so she doesn't have anyone to talk to but then so maybe we could have done some more at home i'm not sure but i would have loved maybe just an, an extra scene or two with her but other than that i think the acting in it is really good sissy spacek is awesome um piper laurie is fantastic and the prom scene, I forget sometimes how long that sequence actually goes for, but it's just so good the whole time. From the mm-hmm. minute they get to prom to the end of the movie, I'm like, I'm in it to win it. So yeah, I I feel like this is one of those movies where I appreciate it more every time I watch it. So maybe the next time I watch it, I'll bump it up a little bit more. But at the moment, 4.5 of um, Unusual Blue, what does it say? Was it unusual? <laughs> Confusing blood. Confusing. <laughs> so that's Word. that's it. That's Carrie. And as promised, we didn't laugh at the homies. Um, but we mm-hmm. hope that you had some laughs throughout. Oh, also a little fun fact. You know that little kid that rides by the 
by her on the bike and he's like creepy carry creepy carry mm-hmm. um that is the the actress that played miss collins she's doing the voice for that oh really <laughs> yeah i guess they didn't get the kid saying it so she did the voiceover for that which i thought okay. was kind of um but that was my last carry fun fact of the of the episode i look out for those adrs look out for the adrs <laughs> there's a lot of them in this movie um and they're all kind of confusing, but <laughs> <laughs> um, what I have two questions for the homies. One is, what do you think of this particular ad- adaptation of Carrie? And two, is this your favorite or do you prefer a different rendition of it? Um, so I would love to hear what you guys think. And that includes any of them. That could also include the musical if there's anybody who's a fan of that out there. So let us know what your guys' thoughts are on Carrie as a whole and also the other adaptations of it. You can always talk to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer to get a little bit more in depth, you can slip into our Discord. The link for that is in our social media bios. Our Discord is a place where we like to hang out with the homies. We love to talk to you guys a little bit more one-on-one. And it's nice because you guys can talk to fellow homies and just have a little discussion. So if that sounds like something to be into, we would love to see you join that. And also, you can put your vote in for our next Discord Decides. So you can choose what movie you want us to talk about next time. So keep a lookout for that in our social media bios if you would like to join. You can also email us. We are homiesofhorror at gmail.com. You can email us request, recommendations, and business inquiries. And it's Monday. You know where we're going to be tonight. (laughs) We're going to be on Twitch. That's right. We play video games on Twitch every single Monday night. We play some spooky games. We drink. We chit-chat with the homies. And usually we talk a little bit more about the episode that came out that day. So if you want to hear a little bit more about Carrie and you want to watch us come and get scared, then please go ahead and check out our Twitch link. That is in our social media bios as well. And last, but never least, we would very, very much appreciate it if you would go and leave us a rating or review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and reviews we have, the better. It helps recommend our podcast to more listeners. And also, we just like to to hear what you guys are thinking. So if you've been enjoying the show, please let us know. And you can do that on Apple Podcasts or If you listen to us on Spotify, you can rate us on Spotify too. Just go to our page, click the stars, and you can leave us stars on there and leave us a rating. Either one, we appreciate it always. And we thank you, homies, kindly for doing so. But that is it for Carrie. We hope that you enjoyed the ride and the breakdown. And we are looking very much forward to shoot it's gonna be april next time an episode drops (laughs) so we'll be seeing you guys in april (laughs) catch you next time homie bye